Ooh, 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 ooh. LMA Underground, what's up? So we've had some te technical difficulties. You can see it's just me and Buddy for you today. So we thought we'd come on and still give you a short episode because we still got Buddy V's fighters to watch coming. And I know everybody is really on the internet talking about Jorge Gamebred Masvidal and his street fight, if you want to call it, with Kobe Covington. <laughs> I know people are saying it's a sucker punch, that he hid, whatever. But you made a good point before we came on, buddy. He warned him. He did. I feel like out of all the people, uh, fighters that throw threats, you know, someone that came from the streets fighting in the streets, there's video footage of him with Kimbo Slice and stuff. You got to take something like that serious. When he tells you that he still wants to, to F you up, and then when he sees you outside the cage, he's going to break your jaw, uh, he's one of the few people I ever take that very seriously. I mean, he's one of the, he's known as not always following the rules. I mean, you look at uh, McGregor when he's throwing the, the dolly on a, a car bus. That's someone's not going to follow the rules. You look at Masvidal. He gave that one dude a three-piece and a soda behind the stage. He's hit, you, there's, there's certain people that you know you can't contain. You can't cage. And when you know who they are, you just got to watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm not going to lie. When he said it, I was like, you got too much money. Like, I know how he came up, right? I know he's from Florida. I know he fought backyard brawls with uh, Kimbo Slice and those dudes. He's not afraid of anything. I get that. But yeah. I thought at a certain point you get money and you would probably stop making dumbass decisions that are going to cost you your money. But what I told you, what blew me away is I can't believe fucking Kobe Covington press charges. Like you're a fighter and I get it. Like you're not a street dude. That's not how you grew up. But Nobody likes somebody who's going to tell on them. You got to go back and well, you got to go back in the USC with a bunch of dudes who are going to look at you sideways now. Like they didn't already like the way you yapped, but they they <laughs> took it because they realized you're just trying to get paid and that you're yep. doing it for the money. I get that. I think it crosses a different boundary because I think he's going to sue him too. See, and that's one of the few sports words. What happens in this day and age when guys are like, "Man, just duke it out, settle it." You're in that sport for a living. Fight and get it over with. I mean, if you really had that much of a bad feud between each other, why did you kept trying to wrestle him, staying away? You know, it wasn't, as, uh, wasn't an exciting fight at all. If that's the case, why not go for the knockout? Why not try to make a point to end, end his career, to make him look stupid for talking that mess? You just left it unopened. And obviously, once the fight was done, it wasn't, it wasn't complete. Like a street beast, we settle beefs. You know, when it's done, you shake hands. They weren't doing that at the end of the fight. They should have known it was going to spill over. Like I said, with Masvidal being the kind of person he is, um, the thing that intrigues me though is having you know contracts and this and that. Like you take the NFL for example, some of these uh, one of the players when they sign a contract, they're not allowed to ride a motorcycle. They're not allowed to do certain dangerous things. So I would think that if you're under contract of the UFC, that you aren't allowed to partake in certain activities such as a street fight. But <laughs> you know, if he's really that pissed off at him, I guess a contract and getting sued some money from the UFC doesn't matter to him but getting sued by Covington ooh, that kind of puts a damper on his reputation like you said you're on a bunch of fighters why are you gonna sue him put the gloves on get out there settle it like a man the only thing I can think of where Jorge might have just this might be a move for his career you ain't getting another fight with Kobe right after that fight you're not getting another one but now maybe there's enough beef where you can draw up interest in a beef fight, throw up that bad motherfucker title and get yourself like a co-main event and get paid again. I just don't see it going any different if they fight again. 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's not, unless they establish some different rules and try to just do more of a stand-up, you know, I don't see it going too crazy. Because I even expected more from Masvidal. I expect him to be a lot more aggressive, just push the pace of the fight. Like, when I really want to end someone, I'm going to push the pace. Getting hit or not, I'm going to make a point to go forward. And I didn't see that from him. So, I mean, if you already had 25 minutes to get it done and you didn't, I mean, are you really going to be able to a second time? And now it's just, what is that going to do to his career? When, he, when you're looking at stuff like that, who's going to want to work with him if, you know, you can't control him? If he's always going to go out and you're worried, okay, if he loses this fight, he might get mad at this guy and go out and start to mess with him. Go try to cause some other stuff. I mean, with all the drama that Dana White already has to put up with, why is he going to put more on his plate willingly? <laughs> yeah, and I get that he uh... – um, you know, he draws paid per views, but he ain't Connor, he ain't John Jones, he's not even Daniel Cormier and Stipe when it comes to the numbers he provides. So at some point, it's like the NFL. They'll put up with your bullshit is and give you the money as long as your play's up here. The second you drop off a little, you're not worth the trouble anymore. And with Masvidal being as old as he is, at what point do they just say you're not worth the hassle anymore? And then also, at what point if you're Dana White, you're going to go, well, you don't draw the pay-per-view numbers you used to. And I thought most people would be on, not Jorge's side, but on the side of not telling, not calling the cops. I'm wrong. I'm outnumbered on the internet. Like, you go in those MMA groups, and they're like, yeah. Kobe's not a street dude. This is exactly what citizens do. And I get that. We've taught, Me and my wife have talked about the difference of, if my neighbor who's 96 calls the cops on my other neighbor for doing some illegal shit, they're a citizen. They're literally not in the game. So that's different. And I get it. But I just like, that's not the way I grew up, even if you're not in the street. So it was weird to me. And like you said, you fight for a living. You guys could handle this. Even if, even if you wanted to, I bet you Dana give you an undercard just to beat the hell out of each other. Right. I mean, there's so many different platforms to fight on, too. I'm sure you guys could find some other platform other than UFC if you really need to get settled. I mean, <laughs> just meet but, up in the gym and have a smoker. Right? Heck yeah. Go to the scrapyard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just. And you got to think about it, too. So he's getting sued. But let's say Kobe Covington didn't sue him. How much trouble would he have gotten? Because, you know, being an MMA fighter, you have, your hands are registered weapons. So, I mean, right. you're he looking at a lot of charges already. Arrested. And I said that. He still might have got arrested. The only thing that I was reading is um, wherever it happened, I'm guessing Florida, but there's a law that says the victim can keep their name out of the police report if they want to for their protection. So whoever filed the police report as the victim kept their name out of the report. Well, Kobe's the only one that got punched, so therefore the victim is Kobe, so it wasn't very hard to figure out who <laughs> filed that police report. Yeah, so they said what? Uh, he got hit in his left eye, and he has a fractured tooth. I will say, if you, I mean, he didn't see it coming, and Jorge still didn't knock him out. Ooh! <laughs> but we all know Jorge can punch, so that says a lot about Kobe's chin. That's true, because, I mean, what? Uh, in the fight, Masvidal dropped him with a, a hard one, a hard left one, I think, and he said he was taking a knee for the people in service. <laughs> so, yeah, he's definitely on a chin. But, I mean, yeah, you don't have a mouth guard to bite down. You don't have anything. Ooh, that's going to suck. He's going to talk with the whistle. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the fact that uh, um, 
he ate all them shots from Usman. We, I mean, right. But so we knew he, in a fight he could, but even a blindside shot, he stood up, but I, I saw a quote and I don't know if this is absolutely true or not, but there yeah. was a meme on Facebook that saying Dana White's response to the whole thing is good thing. We have a good dental plan. <laughs> it does sound something like Dana would say to not like get into it too much, but like, I don't know if it's true, but it made me laugh. I'm like dental. I thought they didn't have medical and dental. Wait a minute. Somebody's lying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's funny. So before I mean, we get into Patty the Batty, I wanted to ask you, did you see uh, Conor McGregor was arrested today? Yeah, man. I Reckless mean, driving or something, and they they impounded his uh, his car, his Bentley. Yeah, it was like a Bentley something, yeah, 180000 Man, what the heck? But, I mean, I get in other countries that's different than the U.S. Because, I mean, here, even on the freeways, you can't go off more than, like, 70 versus over there you're going 100 something miles per hour i don't know what the translation is but yeah you're going like 145 or 150 kilometers or kilometers i sorry i don't my translations aren't the best <laughs> but i mean come on you got all that money you got a distillery you got stuff you're supposed to be working your way back into the fight game getting ready healing up off of injuries ready to come take the world by storm again um he's been offered uh to go to different fight camps with some of some of the top people i mean why are you going to go do something stupid like that? I would say if it wasn't all the other shit that led up to this, the punching the old guy in the face, the Khabib shit, the accusations of whatever with the women in Ireland, um, I don't think people would have looked at it like it was that bad. O'Connor's just driving his car like an asshole, right? Like that would have been it. But there's so much leading up to this that every time he makes the news now, it's either for saying something crazy or getting arrested. Right. Say something crazy or doing something crazy. I lost, I'm not going to lie, I lost respect for him as a person when I saw him hit the old man. That whole situation was ridiculous. I mean, if he doesn't want to drink your, your whiskey, don't don't make him drink it. He's an old-ass man. You know, For all you know, you, you're safe because of something he did. I mean, come on. Pay your respects. <laughs> right. And what if you accidentally killed the dude? Like, what if he had some, like, brain aneurysm sitting there that nobody knew about or some shit, right? Also, like... I lost respect for Connor. So when he was fighting Mayweather, I am not a Mayweather fan at all. Okay. Yeah. So I was one of the guys tuning into every Mayweather fight, hoping he'd lose, knowing he wasn't gonna. Right. So, <laughs> um, and, but he crossed the line for me with some of the racial shit he said. But then when he started talking about Poirier's wife, I really had an issue with that. Um, and that's where I really, I'm, I was all for the shit talking or like, when he was in that press conference and he's like, who the fuck is this guy? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Him, right. But I think when he went in and Khabib's dad and Khabib's religion, like those three times, it like, I'm, I'm like, I'm off the Connor train. I'll still watch him fight. He's an exciting fighter, but I don't consider myself sure. a fan of his anymore. It's, it's really sad too. Cause it's like, you know, these fighters, these people, they really do are given the world. And sometimes people do change. They, they recognize what they have available to them. Sometimes they let their personalities get the better of them. And these are in this sport, you know, in this game fighting. I mean, the personalities are what a big, a big part of it. it takes a certain kind of person to go into a cage and get punched for a living to go get hit, to want to hit, especially after a certain age. I mean, I feel them. I'm 28 and I know after some of my fights, I need a little bit more recovery time than when I was 18. And then people are in their late thirties doing it, you know, even forties. I don't know about past that, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, it takes a certain kind of person. I feel like that can't go away. And if that's really embedded in you as a, as a, 
a personality trait, I mean, you're just a ticking time bomb then too. <laughs> yeah, they always say money just makes you more of what you are. And Connor's True. always been a, a talking, you know, using the media to try to get what he wants. And he's done a great job. Like he talked himself into a fight with Floyd Mayweather to make a hundred million dollars, right? Like um, Connor talked Jose Aldo into being so angry that one of the best defensive fighters ran straight at him and got knocked out in 16 seconds, right? So like Connor's used this to his advantage over the years. But and it works, so I think at some point he's went too far. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like you keep pushing, you keep pushing to see how far you go, and you don't know until you go too far, and it's like, oh well, now I can't take that back. Damn it. <laughs> I do think it is just for show. I do. Um, and I think he lets it get away from him because he gets going, he gets amped up, he thinks he's funny, and then he says some disrespectful shit. And I will quote his dad. And the only reason I believe what his dad says is because Maddie kind of said the same thing about people in Ireland. Um, they don't talk the way we do, right? So some of the shit he says might be acceptable where he's from. And we as Americans don't take it the same way. And that's what his father said is that Americans don't always understand our humor. And I know Michael Bisbing's dad had said the same thing even though he's from the UK, maybe since Maddie's watching, he can chime in as the Brit and on the chat and let us know, like, do you think that maybe it's just because we're in the U S and we take things more like personally? Yeah. We don't let that. We don't like that C word fly, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I think, he, yeah. I think he starts doing it for entertainment and then his passion takes it way too far. I think, yeah, like you said, some people just let it get away from them. I mean, you keep growing and growing and no one's going to stop you. I mean, you like I said, you keep pushing the envelope. Who's going to tell you what you can and can't do? And you keep going. It's like, this is acceptable. I'm going to keep doing it. This is acceptable. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, it's like a, there was this movie I saw, funny enough. It was like the social experiment movie where the guy takes, you know, 24 random citizens, puts them in a, in a isolated location and half become prisoners, half become guards. And if they make it two weeks, then they each get like $100,000 or something. And then, yeah, it keeps going. And the guy said, but if this red light goes off, you lost. The game's over. You all lose. So you have to keep it within boundaries. You have to be respectful. But then as they start going, it keeps getting worse and worse. They keep pushing the button. They look up. Oh, nothing happened. Oh, nothing happened. And it's like with these fighters, they keep saying, oh, I can get away with this. Oh, I can get away with that. And, I mean, in certain situations, you get you get in trouble. Connor is letting his personality get the better of him. Now he's getting in trouble with the law. Masvidal let his personality get the better of him because no one's kept it in check. It's always been, oh, he's street Jesus. Oh, he's got the BMF. Oh, who's going to mess with him? And, he, you know, he took it a little bit too far because if you're on the streets, I get it. Street justice happens. But when you have a spotlight on you, you're not going to get away with something like that. It's like even those rappers that go commit crimes after they become famous. It's just obvious because everyone knows who you are. Everyone's got a camera these days. You're just you're setting yourself up for failure. It's just not smart, in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long talk. <laughs> no, I was reading OTH's comment, and that shit just made me laugh. So I'm over here smirking with his bloody fuck and, like, trying to do my awful British accent. Um, but Matty did guy? say it is – It is. Um, he thinks it's 100% because he nearly gets us canceled because he likes to try to almost say the C word all the time, which over there is said, like, we use the <laughs> F word over here. 
So yeah. like, and then the fact that they can put bloody and the C word together actually makes me laugh every time I hear it because I'm like a petulant child when it comes to immature jokes. But um speaking of the UK though, man, is there a guy over in the UK that's making some headlines? Patty the Patty. Patty the Patty. I think he is is rocking it. I like his style. I like his post interviews when he's eating pizza. You know what it goes, lad. You know how we do a lot. Yes. Something different. Switching it up. Not every guy has to be the BMF. Not every guy has to go top mess. He's nice outside the cage and he's nice inside the cage with his moves. <laughs> what do you what do you yeah, think about him? I'm curious. I was hoping Maddie would be here because he calls himself a a scours or something like that. And it's something to do with where he's from. And they call themselves that. Um, but from Liverpool I, or something, right? Yeah, he's from Liverpool, but he's from some certain part of Liverpool that's supposed to be pretty rough. So they call themselves something like Scours or like something like that. So I was going to ask Maddie about that. But uh, that dude's it's energy is great because I feel like just like we were talking about Connor, I think he knows how to play the media, but without going too far, right? At least at this point, because... He's got no problem talking shit, but he'll give dude his props too in the, you know, or whatever. Um, I just think that he is so entertaining. And I know people are like, he hasn't fought anybody. I know that um, Big John McCarthy just came out and said yesterday or today, he's not shitting on him, but he thinks he was fighting better um, talent in Cage Rage or wherever he was just fighting than he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cage Rage. But, uh, you're only paying him 12 and 12, 12 mil, or 12,000 to show 12,000 to win. So when, I guess when he leaned over in Dana's ear, I saw him in an interview today. He told him that's another 50. <laughs> that's badass. Yeah. I think I'll say how like he wanted to fight in UFC a few years back. Um, but the money wasn't was pretty much the same thing. And he's like, yeah, well, we're making more over here. So I'll just keep fighting over here. He kept fighting and fighting, and I think he said finally when he realized the UFC was not going to budge at all. He was like, well, screw it. All right, I'll go in there, and I'll take it by storm, and I'll take my money. And I mean, sheesh. He said uh, one time, what, how he wants to start a charity for the kids around, too. So I feel like when you're fighting for yourself and everybody else, that you definitely have to stand up and, and stick by what it is that you believe in. And, yeah, the guy's just all around great. I mean, even his Instagram. I'll be right so sorry <laughs> the the guy um he's helped out kids he's helped out other because there was a person he took to the movies and kid had cancer and he put on his instagram and it got flagged and taken down there was another kid that he brought to one of his training sessions and let him watch everything too so i mean he's a good guy outside the cage he's not one of those a-holes that just kind of talks or whatever I definitely think as a fighter and as a person it's going to be intriguing to see how far he goes and what he does when he starts to accumulate more fame yeah, I was watching him on an interview, and he was saying he actually lost his IG um, because he reported the guy who was making nasty comments to that kid with cancer, and they didn't yeah. do anything, so he told them off in the comments, and then IG took his whole IG with 120,000 followers. Also, that story where you were talking about, he went into detail where, um, so first he turned down the UFC over money. But the next yeah. time he turned down the UFC, he wanted more experience because he learned in those couple years that he probably wasn't at the level he wanted to be. And then the third time he went for the UFC, which I give him big credit 
to be smart enough to step back and go, you know what? I need another year or two before I go against these monsters in the UFC. So I got big props to him. I see him taking the same rise in a different way as Sugar Sean O'Malley. Oh, yeah. I, because like they, they both know how to work the media in their own way. They both know how to play the game and make themselves relevant. And I really wish they were at the same weight. That would be an insane fight. Oh man, that would be. Ooh. I mean, yeah, I'm really because I see some articles where they're like, "Oh, Patty the Batty, is he actually badass or is he just gonna be a flop?" Let's see, blah blah blah. And I feel like a lot of people, as they see him fight, he is gonna be a big success. He even got compared to Conor McGregor. Up and coming, and uh, I think he, with the right stuff, he might even surpass him. I, think I, he'll, I feel like he'll get social media uh, exposure, but not for the negative way. <laughs> and those guys who know how to play the media, Dana's been getting smarter with the uh, uh, Sugar Sean and um, Pat. He's not going to throw them to the wolves right away, right? He's going to let them build their star, build their brand. So when they inevitably take an L because it's the fight game and it's going to happen at some point, um, their star is so big that they'll still keep carrying pay-per-views and different things like that. And um, with Patty the Batty, I think, and I don't think they should do it like right now, but I know that uh, Cody No Love Garbrandt wants another fight at some point, but he's taken like three months off or something. Well, maybe get him to take six, get Patty another fight with a bigger name, a little bit bigger name, and then throw him against Cody at 155. Tell Cody to come back to 50 or come fight at 55 and see what he's got because that's a good way to gauge both of them dudes on where they're still at in their career. I don't know. That's just me. I can see Patty taking that. I can definitely see I, I think so too, but I think that's another big payday for Cody, and that's respect the U.S. He can give him a payday without shoving him into a title fight where I don't think his jaw can handle that anymore. Yeah, no. He's been there. He had his fun. Did his prime. Like you said, this is a good test to see where he's still at as a fighter. Because, um, I mean, yeah, he went, went there. He was on the uh, the, the tough show, the, yeah, the Ultimate Fighter show. I mean, he's been around for a while. So, you know what's funny, though, is you know who I heard Patty doesn't like? <laughs> Jake Paul. <laughs> I saw one of my things. He was like, I don't respect him. You know, he's trying to sit here and say he looks out for health care for fighters, blah, blah, blah. The man only cares about himself. He's just trying, trying to use Dana White as the platform. He's like, if you took away the platform, I guarantee he he wouldn't be saying a single thing for MMA fighters because it's all just a stunt to him. And I'm like, dang. Well, I got into a nice debate with some people this week who were saying that um, Tyron Woodley made more money in this fight than uh, he did for there. But if you look, they actually lost money on the show, right? So the big thing is, um, yeah, they paid him a million dollars, but um, can they – can they do it weekly? Because Dana runs shows weekly, right? And then Tyron, you if, when you're a champion, you get a percentage of the pay-per-view. So you like anybody who watches The Wire, you get points on the package, right? So yeah. you sell yourself, you make more money. Tyron was not good at selling himself. He wasn't as marketable. His pay-per-views didn't sell. So I think comparing him to Connor or guys like John Jones or guys like Sugar Sean who deserves more money at this point. Those are the guys you pay. And I'm sorry, I get as um, fighters, you want to be paid for your fight game, but it's it's entertainment in the end when it comes to these big promotions. Exactly, because before the whole Masvidal Covington fight, it was the whole deal. Masvidal sells, he, he sells shows. People like him, they know his name. Covington's a great fighter, but to certain aspects to the general public, he's boring because he's very technical. He'll wait for a striking moment. 
he'll go and go but not do anything crazy or out the way. I mean, that doesn't sell tickets. You could be a great fighter like that, but, I mean, no one's going to care if you're not doing anything insane. You know, you know, McGregor throwing some spinning back kicks, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just the way I feel about it. Um, the whole game is very interesting because you like to think about it. Oh, it's just sports, and it's there's po so much politics in sports. It's ridiculous. Like, dang. Well, no, no player in the NFL, no fighter in the USC, no player in the NBA, I don't care what league it is, is bigger than the brand. And I know guys think they are, but the greatest in the world have retired. Michael Jordan retired, right? Like Joe Montana's retired and these leagues still keep going. And people think, and I'll use John Jones, people think they're bigger than the sport and they learn real quick that they, uh, they're not as they're not bigger in the sport in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I want zero smoke. Um, the UFC will go on without any of these guys. They've proved it. Like they don't need you. It's the modern day gladiators. People just want to be entertained. <laughs> well, um, and it's interesting because we've had, you know, in all sorts of sports, different players try to act like that. Um my favorite one, even though it's not MMA, was because uh, I was a Steelers fan, was Antonio Brown with the NFL. Just his whole charade, everything you start seeing, he's acting like a prima donna. It's just like, man, you're one of the few top athletes in the world getting paid for your craft. You want to act like that. You make more in one paycheck than probably most people may see in their entire life. Come on now. Yeah, it's but, a rough yeah. one. It, it definitely is because sometimes, like – they let their fame go to their head and it becomes a big issue. And it, all it does in the end is it, it costs them money. It hurts their team or, and it, even if you're an MMA, you got a team, it hurts your team because your coaches don't make the money they should make off of you and everything else that they're putting the time in. And in the long run, it hurts the fan too. Oh, it absolutely does. And it's funny how you say, you know, um, the way people are kind of affects the whole shebang, I guess you could say. Because I remember during the the one of the Jake Paul fights, there was two female boxers that were on there, and it was a Mexican versus I want to say like a Salvadorian or something. And then the Salvadorian coach is sitting there, oh, you're supposed to fight like a uh, like a Mexican, you're blah blah blah, just throwing so many racial slurs, this and that, that it ended up backfiring on the fighter instead of it being the fighter rooting for everyone else. Because I mean, he said all this stuff, these racial things, and you know, I get it that. In other countries, there's a huge clash. There's, you know, all these certain feelings. But when you're on live TV like that, I mean, she's getting exposure, millions of people watching. It's it's kind of sad that he could have possibly damaged her career for the way he was acting. But you know who's going to be curious to see if they stay humble is not is, uh, Patty, though. I want to see. I want to see if he keeps his word about those charities, all those other stuff. Uh, that was it. Molly McCann, Molly McCann or whatever, known as Meatballs. Both from Liverpool, so let's see. I'm curious about her, too. Yeah, and in the long run, I just, like, I feel bad for these guys that make these poor decisions because I bet as they get older, they're going to regret some of the stuff and all the money they left on the table. But it reminds me of something Maddie said when you said the coach can hurt her. He was telling me about this story about a soccer player, or as they would say, football player, over <laughs> in Europe who tweeted some shit that pissed everybody off while he was playing the game and he gets off and he lets somebody else run his social media and he has no idea what the hell they're talking about. And so you got to be really careful 
on who you let on your team even touch stuff, speak for you, anything like that. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just like you got to be really careful because you can't let your coaches, you can't let other players on your team if you're in another, if you're in a uh, team sport. But if you're in MMA, you got to be careful on uh, what you let anybody on your team speak for you because, like you said, that that fighter, her coach could have ruined her. And then you got a soccer player who whoever he's letting run his social media could have ruined him. I joked with my niece one day, if I ever got rich and famous, I could not hire you to uh, run my social media because you'd tell somebody to fuck themselves and get me in trouble. Right. <laughs> You're like, no, I wasn't. I swear, I swear. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. This day and age, you think people would have the common sense of, hmm, you can screenshot anything. You can screen record anything. Let me be careful and watch what it is I put online. Well, I guess common sense isn't so common. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, fighters that are going up and down since we're talking about a couple different people, um, the Diaz brothers have always been a fan favorite. They've always caused some commotion and this and that. I don't know if you've heard about uh, Nate Diaz talking about how he might go to Bellator. No, but I'll watch that dude fight in the aisle seven of a grocery store. I don't care. I love watching him fight. Win or lose, he is going in there. He is going to throw down, and he is going to leave everything in the cage. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. And uh, I'm curious to see if his opponents will be nervous to whoever it is that he goes and fights. Because, I mean, you're going to, as a Bellator, like, oh, I'm fighting someone that was in the UFC in front of hundreds of thousands of people that were watched across the world, and I'm going to fight him now. And then you know people are going to go and watch him fight in the Bellator, so that there's even more eyes on whoever his opponent is. But the reason I'm intrigued, though, is I know he was making comments about certain fighters saying, this guy looks like he might actually put me up for a fight. This guy looks like he might actually be, you know, worthy to, to hop in the ring with. And it's interesting because I know there's a lots of talk of people trying to throw stuff back, or they want him to run it back with McGregor one day. Um, there's all sorts of stuff, uh, different fighters. But I, obviously, this other these fighters in Bellator – have to have his interest if he's willing to toss everything aside and say, you know what, I want better fighters. I don't want the same old, same old. I want to push myself, and I want to challenge myself. All while smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, before we get to everybody's favorite part of the show, we got a word from our boy Cuzzo at Overtime Hustling with Overtime Reactions. And make sure you guys go to OvertimeHustling.com. They got some new merch that is fire. And pick up the new edition of the magazine also you can pick up the um durantula too you can get some good music over there not just sk there's a bunch of shit over there go check it out because i could be all here all day talking about it what up what up right. y'all this your boy Cuzzo, host of the chronicles podcast and also the host of overtime reactions and let me tell y'all something man y'all make sure to go check out yankee and the brit sports talk them guys are knowledgeable they have good content. Go support them, man. Go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and definitely tune in to MMA Underground Weekly, man, where they have guests, great commentary, let you know about upcoming events, promotional material, all that, man. Go check them out. Yankee and the Brit, what up? Salute from your boy, Cuzzo. Holla. Yeah. Well, buddy, it's that time. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. Buddy V's Fighters to Watch. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
Now, this one is going to pique some people's interest. Uh, he hasn't fought anytime very, very recently, but I know he's about to be very active here soon. He's a, a fighter from Street Beast West Coast. He's actually cool as hell. I guess one of the one of the few I was able to meet when I went down there. Um, we've talked a lot. I even joined some of his training sessions before online. We've done a couple like live uh, streams in the West Coast. I'm just stalling so you guys can wait in the fight. <laughs> so it's the Oni. I don't know if you watched this fight, but we had Free Smoke on. He said that we lost to the Oni. The Oni, I feel like, is a great fighter. Uh, there's a lot of people I know that were talking about how they were in the gym. They're doing this and that. And the Oni comes out and he hands it to him. I mean, he fights Diesel, a big name. He won. He fights Free Smoke. He won. Chili Willie, his first fight, won. It was finished. Now, and he fought Mook, another big name over there in the West Coast. He lost that one, yes. But my favorite win he had was Reckless Rico before he went pro. He fought in BLK Prime, and he gave Reckless Rico his only loss. Reckless Rico is going pro, signed the contract. This is his last fight. He's going out. He's finishing on top, and not only put a stop to that. And he said, I don't think so. Man's a, a warrior, and I love it because he has a huge range of uh, musical taste. He likes rock, punk rock. Funny enough, which brings me to my next subject, he's part of the punk rock fight club. He trains with them. He does all sorts of fun stuff with them. He has a knucklehead Tom who's a professional fighter that runs the whole club. He's also a professional skateboarder, funny enough. And so he's just involved in the Oni skates too. He just does all these crazy things I think is awesome. And he's a father at that. So I'm always intrigued to see how he gives it his all no matter what. And you can see the heart in all of his fights. And when he comes back, whether it's in the West Coast or whether it's in another cage, I think he's going to come back by storm because he already came. He already blew people away. His name's already known. So when he comes back, he's a take it to the next level. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good one, too, because uh, I remember watching that um, Reckless Rico fight and I was like, damn. And I didn't know who dude was like, you know what I mean? But I knew who the Reckless Rico was. So that's where I was like, damn. But speaking yeah. of BLK Prime, that's coming up this weekend. And shout out to our boy Mustache who does the Mark Out podcast with his boy Dustin on Yankee and the Brit. He'll be fighting um, Scarface's son, Man in the Mirror. So I'm excited to see that fight. And I've said it before. They threw a WWE-style promo down when they did the Heart and the Fight you know, interviews for that. So that was pretty yeah. cool. And I'm excited to watch the BLK Prime coming up. I like those uh, pre-fight conferences that they do when, like, the little snippets. It's, it's very professional. I like the way it looks. They get both sides of it. And, yeah, it's definitely killer. I might have to up some of my editing skills. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, buddy, let them know about your brand. You know Zuel, the Jaguar, part of my own people. Zuel-world.com for my website. Zuel underscore Buddy V for my Instagram. And, you know, it's what as well whatever the fuck you want <laughs> yeah i love hard it. work right hard work grit determination shout out to overtime hustling i'm featured in the magazine this month the march edition you know all the stuff they do like i said puzzles reactions winging it shout out to yankee the brand for this awesome not just mma underground all their sports talks everything that they do very informative you need to know something watch the show then go place your bets because then you'll get your money's worth <laughs> and wow. shout out to everybody that's just helping out you know we're all building together. We're all trying to grow together. And there's going to come a point in time where people are contacting us nonstop, but we're going to need a break from all the messages. <laughs> I can't wait for that time and way to put pressure on us, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Make sure you guys check out Scrap Talk. That's a great show. Make sure you check out Overtime Hustling. 
Make sure you go and um, check out OvertimeHustling.com. Get you some merch. Buddy V's going to have some merch coming up with them. You can see Buddy V in the uh, March edition. You can see a full spread for Yankee and the Brit advertising the March edition. So make sure you go check them out. Make sure you keep an eye open because not only do we have MMA Underground, Yankee and the Brit, Sports Talk, we have the Markout Podcast, which is Pro Wrestling, Real Talk with Jay, and starting this week, or well, next week, well beyond the arc, NBA show. So make sure you guys keep your eyes open for that. All right, guys, thanks for watching. One world, one love. Dude. <laughs>